The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Action Network HQ to get all the latest for the invested sports fan. You can also be sure to check out our continuing broadcast on League Pass. That's a thing that people did. Put me on a broadcast on the NBA's official broadcast. Uh, we're actually calling games for NBA Betstory. Me, Justin Fan, Chris Raybon, having a lot of fun taking you through those games. There's We're doing one on Friday night. There's going to be another one next week. It's going to be awesome. They've been great. They're a lot of fun. If you want to follow along and we talk live betting and halftime and futures and all sorts of stuff, it's really great. It's better than a podcast because there's actually a game going on, but you get that kind of insight, that kind of approach to the games. Check it out on NBA League Pass on the bet streams and follow us on Twitter at Action Network HQ for more info. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this awesome podcast. Check out the favorites. Download our app. It's killer. It rules. It's the absolute best app for tracking sports in the entire world. You can track your bets, get win probabilities, get all of our great content. We've got everything up to date on the site. It's so fast and easy. It's clean. It's an awesome app. I would recommend it even if I did not work for the company. I really seriously would. I'm not pulling your leg. I wouldn't do that to you. I am too nice. The NBA is back. Can we get serious now? So let's bet the bubble. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. On today's episode, I am joined by Preston Johnson, a.k.a. Sports Cheetah on Twitter, at Sports Cheetah. He's on ESPN's Daily Wager. He's a betting analyst for ESPN. He is one of the few voices, I think, that's really out there in terms of NBA media that really discusses betting. Uh, It's hard to find those of us that are interested in the betting side of the NBA that have actual, like, media gigs because, you know, it's hard. So we had a great conversation. We talked about all sorts of stuff. We talked about live betting, his approach to it. We talked about this restart and the totals going wonky. We covered the whole gamut. It's a great conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Preston Johnson from ESPN. So thanks for coming on. Let's, I want to get your first impressions of what it's been like, not only watching basketball in the bubble, but also what it's been like betting basketball in the bubble. What have been your impressions from this first week of play? So, I mean, the markets have been fluctuating quite a bit, just relative to the totals. I mean, that start, everyone knows about it by now, but all the totals were super low because odds makers are trying to adjust for the four plus month layoff, maybe new rims, new courts, guys weren't accustomed to playing in an uncomfortable, unique bubble of all sorts. They all were going over, they adjusted. Then there was kind of, I think, a general run of unders, like just, you know, that are hitting just under a 60% clip since those first games. Uh, So I think it's kind of balanced at this point where you're not kind of really just find an edge blindly betting one way or the other. But uh, I will say just as a whole, 
as a fan, I mean, it's been so fun to watch just to have a restart, to have basketball to follow. And I've found myself regrettably at times betting more games than I probably should. But I'm just like, ah, it's 11.30 a.m. here <laughs> yeah. on the West Coast. Like, I need to fire on this Kings-Pelicans game. It worked out this time. I took a small piece of the Kings. But like, it just depends on the day. Yesterday, I, you know, I took a small piece of someone else that lost. So it just – I find myself – the volume's going up, uh, but it's been fun, and that's part of it. Yeah, uh, as we sit here on when recording this on Thursday, uh, now with this with the Kings' absurd over that I had covered at the ten minute mark of the fourth quarter, which just made me Very feel nice. so good inside. Uh, the overs are twenty seventeen and one, but as we're recording this, uh, Heat. Bucks, it looks like it's going to go over, but Pacers, Suns is probably going to go under. So you're looking at, what, 21 and 18? So, that, again, not much of an edge there. You're right that early on, so I had bet the overs aggressively early because I thought that the books were overestimating that impact. And, and when I talked to coaches, closer that we got to – when I talked to people in the league, mostly, the, the closer we got to the restart, there was a lot of, like – looking pretty good. Like they're pretty comfortable in the environment. And I was like, okay, so I went the other way on it. And then they went 0 and 2 on opening night. And I was like, well, there goes that plan. But I I stuck with it the next day. I was like, all right, let's give it one more day. If I get killed on the unders today uh, on betting the overs, then I'll back off of it. But it it worked out well from there. And you're right that it has fluctuated, but it does seem like they're having a hard time pegging the numbers. The range on these has been, I, I think because the teams themselves, I don't tend to think of, like, I don't think they're necessarily the same as when we exited. Like, I do think teams are operating a little bit differently. And a lot of that's just like, okay, if you ran into a small – like, the Celtics are a good example of this, right, where their defense has been absolutely atrocious. So it's like, if you ran into a week where they just played bad defense for a week, yeah, sure, if you bet the under – like, the overs there, it was it was profitable. But overall, it's probably not a good strategy. But I do like trying to to gauge this like really hyper-focused environment with a limited number of teams that are all pretty good. So you don't have those nights where it's just like, yeah, the Cavaliers gave up like a million points, but they also shot like 20% from the field. Like having a a, a higher bar, I feel like, has eliminated some of the instability. And that has been, to me, at least more fun to bet. It's been less maddening, I think, on a day-to-day basis than the NBA. I don't know if, if that, how that changes your evaluation of the edge or not, though. In the end, the edge is, you know, the edge. You're, you're trying to look at your numbers or projections and compare it to the market. There are fewer blowouts, it seems, and the lines, obviously, outside of that one Nets-Bucks game, which then doesn't even matter because the Nets went out right. right. Um, they're generally shorter lines. So uh, your point's good, though, about teams. It's interesting because it's way more nuanced than just like, okay, are they going over or are they not over a couple games because the sample's so small. But there are different teams. You mentioned the Celtics, but the Spurs especially, they're playing way faster. They're mm-hmm. worse defensively. They're playing Rudy Gay at center for at right. least half of the minutes, it seems like. So all of their totals are going over. The Sixers just absolutely atrocious defensively, but offensively, putting Horford to the second unit and using Shake Millen in a point guard, they've been better compared to their regular season members. Their offensive rating's up. So their, their totals have been going through the roof. So it's definitely dependent where – you want to use numbers or your priors, right? What you had from the previous regular season, we'll call it, versus this new one. But I think we need to be more aggressive to adjust numbers after just a couple of games in this bubble because teams are playing with at least somewhat of a different approach. Even the Pelicans, you talked about them, they've been playing slower. Their last few games, mm-hmm. their, their offensive efficiency was down. Their defensive efficiency was better. They've been playing slower. And then today against the Kings, it all kind of regressed back to what you would have expected had they played in March. So uh, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's, it's interesting, which is why I think what I've actually found myself doing 
more often than not, as I said, my volume's gone up because I've wanted to have action if I think there's an edge at any point or in any game is I'm betting a lot of games for like half of my like normal sizing. So if mm-hmm. I was to bet a hundred dollars on something normally, I find myself doing a lot of $50 bets just so I don't feel like I missed out if I was right. But then maybe I'm wrong more often just because I'm betting more often. But I think in a situation like this, if the bubble, you just feel like you're all over the place, decrease your bet size. And there's like, you're never going to be upset if you save money by betting less, or if you still win, you're still winning money. You're never going to really be upset about that either. So I think that's maybe my one recommendation for people that just feel like it's been so back and forth. What do I do? All these teams are different. And then they go back to normal when I think that the Pelicans game is going to go under, except you had the over today. But So it can be kind of confusing and a little hectic. But uh, in those cases, just don't go as wild. Yeah, and that's one where I think it's this is where it's actually been fun, and betting is oftentimes maddening for me on the NBA, but it's been fun for me this week because in part, so like we on the broadcast, we're calling games, by the way, those of you listening, um, you can catch us on an NBA BetCast throughout the rest of the of the remainder of the regular season. Uh, Justin Fan, Chris Raybon, and I, it's been a lot of fun. We did Magic Pacers, and Chris Raybon was talking about, he's like, you know, they've been shooting really high. So I actually looked up what the expect, I've been using expected value on an effective field goal percentage. And it was like, oh yeah, like they're shooting 7% higher. I'm always looking for those high outliers to then be aware of, like to factor in on that regression. That was part of my play with the Pelicans is I was like, wait, 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 their defense is actually should be giving up the 22nd and they've given up the sixth best. That's not going to hold. Like, there's no way. Like, I've watched the Pelicans enough. I know where they focus. And you talked about the pace. Like, I know Alvin Gentry wants to run. Like, I know he's going to be in practice being like, hey, good game. We got to get push the pace more. Like, this is not how we want to play. And those little things. And the Kings can run with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like, those little things, I think, really add up in terms of evaluating. And then stuff like, you know, I mean, the Lakers, obviously, the big talk has been about them missing shots. And it's true that if you look at their expected effective field goal percentage, it's mm-hmm. dramatically lower. But then on top of that, I saw today a quote from Joe Varden from The Athletic that was from LeBron that was basically saying, yeah, you know, there's stuff going on in the locker room that I don't want to talk about, which, by the way, is like a peak passive-aggressive LeBron comment. Just yeah, I was like, going to ask you, you know I'm a Lakers fan. Does that just sound like an excuse to you? It's just I, a- I, I, no, it's not an excuse. It's the he does this a lot. Like he communicates through the media. I think in part because one, I don't think he's he's hyper confrontational. Like I don't think he's a guy that's going to be like like. Basically, if you're in practice and he gets a sense that you're not somebody he can trust, he's just not going to trust you. Like you're just out of the out won't. of his like <laughs> you're just out of his world. Like that's what happened to Iman Shumpert, right? That's why like J.R. Smith ascended and Iman Shumpert vanished off the face of the Cavs planet. <laughs> um, but what he does do is like if it's somebody that he knows is necessary, like he did this with Kevin Love with the fit out, don't fit in, like all of that stuff in Cleveland. He's known to communicate very publicly through media as a means to avoid if he thinks that the conversation is going to, is going to apply too much pressure or if he's uncomfortable with it. And I don't know which one it is. Cause I don't know LeBron. Well, I see enough, what you're saying he'll yeah. communicate that way. So my sense, and I don't know who it is because it could, it could be AD cause he's been acting weird. It could be Kuzma. It could be whoever. The problem is I do know this is that being around enough locker rooms, when there's one problem, everyone's like, well, that's one guy. No, no, no. It, it get like everybody. It's like having a guy in the office that's just constantly moaning and complaining and making everyone miserable. Like you have to be there with them. And it just spreads. So um, I think that's that's part of of what's going on with that. It's been I've had a lot of fun betting, and like I like you, have been like I look at my board and I'm like, why do I have so many bets? Like why why am I doing this? And then I'm like, oh yeah, because I didn't have anything to bet on for four months, and now I'm just like, wee. So yeah, been overextending a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk about some. 
I want to ask you your position on futures. Do you tend to bet a lot of futures or do you stay away from them in general? The NBA is unique because at least until this season, it was basically LeBron in the East versus the Warriors for the longest time. And there wasn't really value on other teams, right? Until last year, some injuries happened, things break right. And the Raptors actually end up winning it all. Everyone talks about entering this season. Oh, it's as wide open as ever. Then now we have this bubble situation where in theory, it's more wide open, right? Because there's no home court for the better teams gives at least some degree or at least a better shot uh, to some degree to like, say the Rockets or Celtics, Sixers, Raptors crew that could maybe make a run. I'll, I won't leave your nuggets out because MPJ might be, might be the truth, but uh, there's going to be a team that I feel like, especially the Bucks. Now I know they've made a comeback here. They're only down six to the heat at the end of this third quarter, they were down 20. You look at their other game, obviously the Nets game, but prior to that, right, they blow the lead late to Houston. But even in that game at Houston, they, they took 61 threes because that's the way the Bucks defend them. And they didn't even make a high percentage and they still beat them. The game prior, they are tied with the Celtics in the final minute. They end up winning the game by seven, but Tatum two for 18 is worst game they'll probably ever have. And so the Bucks kind of feel like they're playing out of sorts. So there's, Generally, not a ton of value betting NBA futures, in my opinion, just because in the recent, you know, say seven years, it's kind of been pretty set on. It's probably going to be one of two teams barring huge injuries. I wish I had more in my pocket this season. All I've bet were Rockets and Philly tickets, and Philly just looks like a complete disaster. And then Ben Simmons gets hurt anyways. And then I have Clippers at like plus 333 is my average price for them. And I think ultimately, uh, outside of LeBron stuff we were talking about and I try to keep my Lakers bias aside, but when Bradley and Rondo went out as low level as those names are, I just think that's going to be a thing at some point is their guard play. LeBron can't play point guard for 48 minutes. I love Caruso. I'll live and die for that guy. But ultimately, like you're probably not winning a you know NBA title with Caruso alongside LeBron and Danny Green's played atrociously. So I think the Clippers are still the team to win it all. That's the team right now that I have the biggest edge on versus the current market that everyone can still get in that point. I think they're as high as 350 some places still right now. And I have them winning just over 27% of the time. So um, I think that's the team that I would suggest betting on right now. Or if you can still find decent prices on the Rockets, they still kind of bring that high variance approach that has a chance, right? in a seven game series in a bubble when who knows who's shooting how well. I'm always trying to like game theory it out because because one of the reasons that I wind up going in all on finals matchups is you get longer odds on pretty reasonable outcomes. Um, like I already had I had Bucks Lakers Bucks Clippers already, um, and then I basically finally finally just decided to get over all of my other like every piece of analysis that I have tells me like Toronto does not have enough half court offense. I, I watched them dismantle yeah. the Lakers. I watched them win that game versus the Heats. And then I went did I did a deep dive for Action Network on their defense and was just like, all right, fine. So I took I took a position on, on the Raptors, on Lakers and Clippers as well. Um, when you're looking at, at trying to evaluate title odds versus conference odds versus a finals matchup or any of those kind of props, where do you wind up? do you just wind up going straight title? Is that where the best value to you still is? Because I'm always worried about losing in the finals. I know that presents you the hedge opportunity, but that's like where I would just be like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> you're so close. And I yeah. don't actually get it done. So it's going to be dependent on the team. So if I like the Clippers at plus three fifty, let's say to win it all, I'm not really going to try to guess who their matchup would be against or bet on multiple teams because even if it were the Bucks now, because the Bucks don't have home court, you know, right? They're the team that really took the biggest hit from this outside of just the fact that they won't have home court through the finals. 
but I think Giannis was averaging 30.9 minutes per game. Bud was resting him like pretty regularly throughout the season. Now everyone has four plus months of rest. I think the Clippers would be a favorite now over the Bucks. So if I have a bet where I can get paid, where I'm going to have the favorite over the other team, then I'm going to generally just bet the entire way. If I think, say I bet the Rockets, I would prefer to bet the Rockets potentially just to win the West versus Mm -hmm. winning the whole thing because they're going to likely be an underdog against the Bucks, even if they were to upset the Clippers or Lakers. So it's going to be somewhat dependent on price and the team and who I project they would meet in the finals. Um, But when you're taking long shots and if you like, so in a situation, like this I definitely think there are more opportunities to go finals matchup especially if you say like Rockets Celtics I believe is like 80 to 1 like if you think the Celtics have a real shot right they hung with the Bucks the other day and Tatum was two for 18 and it came down to and I had a Bucks minus four ticket and that reversal on the Marcus Smart charge on Giannis that swung three points when it was tied 107 I thought that probably should have stood and Boston has the ball with a minute left in the tie game instead so uh I, I think the Boston's a great look and then, you know, you pair it with Houston and you're getting a huge payout at 80 to one, for example. So it's, it's going to be dependent on the teams and then ultimately who you project them to play. But I, I just don't know what to think of the bucks right now. I really don't. And it's kind of confusing me where I, I feel like I should be betting all these other teams, but I also shouldn't be reacting to one week of bubble basketball from, you know, the Milwaukee bucks. So here's where I'm at. So my belief is, and this is the Ben Simmons news throws a wrench in a lot for me. Like this just throws a wrench uh-huh. in so much for me because when the Pacers came out and were just killing it, I was like, oh, they're not going to slide to six. And if they don't slide to six, then that means it's Sixers Celtics in the first round. And since, since they lost Horford and, and, and Baines, they do not have a counter for Embiid. Like they just flat out do not like their front court is one of the worst in the playoffs. Like it's Enos Canner, Grant Williams. Like I like Grant Williams a lot. I like Daniel Tice a lot. You cannot put those guys up against Joel Embiid. He's going to foul them all out. If Embiid is engaged, like that's always the problem. But Simmons, I think honestly, haven't done enough work on the Sixers now. Like not only is Ben Simmons like their best player, like it's by a pretty fair margin. And so like they're losing their most impactful player. Even And all of their changes to the offense were built around what moving Simmons to the four could do for them. And now you lose this huge component with him being out. So I'm like, does that swing it enough? Can I have confidence in the Celtics? Because well, basically, like I already have Bucks positions because I think they're the best team, and I just keep being like, I just keep thinking of it the way that I tend to play poker, which is it'll I'm, play out, yeah, which is math. where I'm just like, look, it, my my position with poker eventually got to be where I was like, look, if I get all my money in with what I know is the best hand at the time, then I can feel confident, like I can feel okay in how the hand plays out. Yeah. I'm not going to go on tilt, so I'm like, all right, if I get all my if I get the money in with the Bucks now, and then <laughs> I'm I'm like this game today is a perfect example of it. Like I'm going to be betting against them versus the Heat. If the if the Heat knock off the Pacers, which is what it's looking like, I'm going to be betting the Heat pretty heavy with with the knowledge that I'm like, okay, even if they if the Bucks win, I still have them in title futures because that's kind of like where I wound up. Now I'm worried about the Celtics, but that was the whole thing with the Sixers. I was like, wait, if the Celt if the Sixers, I'm in this complicated game theory yep. system here where I'm like, okay. If the Sixers knock off the Celtics, I don't have to worry about the Celtics knocking off the Bucks. I think the Bucks could beat the Sixers, but I don't know if the Bucks could beat the Heat. Like this is the complicated <laughs> wheel that I've, I bind myself into, which is often where I find myself in trouble. But these scenarios are where it gets difficult. Or in the West, it's it's much simpler, right? Like I think the Rockets have a chance of upsetting either the Clippers or the Lakers, but I don't think they can do it twice. Like that's kind of the sure. big thing. There is like 
the Rockets need to need to get the four, beat the Lakers, and have the Nuggets upset the Clippers, which I do actually think is is possible. I'm the only one. I am the only person on. I'm not sure the Clippers are that good. Island. Like I'm the only one. It's just me on a small piece of, of dirt in the ocean. I think you are. Look, so, tell, tell us real quick. Are the Nuggets just resting? Harris, Barton, Murray, no. precautionarily. Do you think they're actually injured or be banged up? Yeah, so so Murray is banged up, and Murray may wind up playing. This is recorded Thursday afternoon. He may play versus Blazers. Yeah. Uh, it it really depends on how much they're going to be like. Eh, fine. They already rested Millsap too. I think back to back. Yeah, yeah. Like they, I, need- I just I just don't know if Denver is just like playing it cool. But they no. also have a real shot at two seed too. So I asked. Back, yeah. I asked Malone and I'm always caught like I'm always cautious with the caveat that coaches will lie, GMs lie, it's part of the process. But Malone is pretty straightforward with us about stuff that he like if he can't talk about it, he'll just say it, or if he doesn't want to, he'll just be like, I'm not gonna answer it. Um and I asked him before the Thunder game, I said, if this was a playoff game, will Harris and Murray play? And he was like, No, they'd still be out. And I was oh, like, wow. Oh, okay. Like that was an indication. Somewhat so like, serious, at least. Yeah. So like, I think my the what I've picked up on is I think Barton is in a better spot than Harris, and I think Murray's in a better spot than Barton. So I think the order we'll see him back is Murray, and then Barton and Harris. I don't know about, and part of this is going to get complicated with the MPJ stuff because I don't know if they just wind up being like we got to start. We have to find a way to start. Just let them go. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it's. I mean. I still don't think it's a good idea to there, there's been, I've gotten questions from Nuggets fans about, should I bet this team to win the, I'm like the Western conference. I'm like, no, 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 no. So you still can't He's stop the Lakers. from Yeah. You can't slow down the Lakers from lobbing all over you. Um, you're so as a Lakers fan, I did want to get your impression of, you know, we've seen the weirdness. We talked a little bit about it in general. Let's pretend, let's assume that their shooting will regress to a normal percentage at some point. Um, what to you is like their like what's the model for them to win the title do you think oh good question i could go a lot of directions with it and yeah to some degree they will you know danny green's going to knock down threes uh kuzma sort of has which has helped them in some cases i think the model for them is that ultimately anthony davis just turns into a guy that is Giannis-esque and no one has an answer for in the west and i think to some degree we can say the clippers haven't really had someone that can slow him down anyways. And if, if Davis can just give people fits to a degree that everyone's like, wow, like he might be the best player in the NBA. That's the path I think the Lakers have. Uh, I know people hate to think and LeBron was so good in the first regular season part of the season that he might be dying off to some extent. But I mean, there's maybe off the court stuff, but he just hasn't played well so far. Uh, we'll see what kind of shape he's in come playoff time. But I think the real swing of this is, Anthony Davis and LeBron just being too much and probably the Davis side of it, because after that, the Lakers are just so thin where a team like the Clippers are so much better three through X, you know, like there's just such a big difference there. Um, So I think that's really the ultimate situation for the Lakers is can Davis do his 40 point thing night in, nine out more or less Um, maybe not even necessarily they need Danny Green to hit 45% from three. It might just be that Davis is just unstoppable. So I think that's ultimately what the case is for them. Uh, I don't necessarily believe it either. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm more pro Clipper side than I am anywhere else. A fun example or a fun thing to dig, dive into when you look at Davis is how often his high scoring performances are correlated with high free throw games. 
uh, that's a pretty obvious thing, right? Like, well, if you're getting a lot of free throws, you're going to score a lot of points. But I noticed that there's a higher correlation than I expected between those two. Like, there's a, t- a mm-hmm. higher similarity score between those two things. If he's not getting calls, he has, he's in a pretty rough place. And if he's getting calls, he's able to just rack up monstrous numbers. Like that was. He tends to lose his aggressiveness if he's not getting the whistle, and yeah. so he just he doesn't get shots up as often. And and yeah, that's definitely true. And he shoots so well from the free throw line. Like he's even their technical foul shot guy in crunch time against Anthony Davis. So that goes a long way. But you're right in the playoffs, physicality. We've seen it with James Harden in the past. Like if if they're letting more go and you're not getting to the line, then what is that going to say for Anthony Davis and the Lakers? Good point. Yeah. Are you a big live better? Do you bet a lot live? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I have two second half bets. We bet just while we've been talking right before we went live. Uh, the over in the Suns Pacers second half, which barely won, and then I have actually the over as well in the Miami Milwaukee second half. So I'm sweating those on the phone while we're while we're while we're chatting. Same here. I actually have the I have the I have the over. I have the Heat plus nine, and I have the Heat on the money line, which is now a two point game. Oh, as, man. as we talk you about, you were looking so strong. There. I know you're well, still was, in it. You're, yeah, yeah. I should I should probably looked at hedging a little bit, considering how much I put on on this one um, at half, just because. I'm like, oh no, the Bucks are gonna start adjust. Like they were down. That's the problem is they were down so much. As I was like, oh no, they're gonna be like, all right, no, we're not losing by 20. That's not. We are too good mm-hmm. to lose by 20 with a full roster. Um, I think they started the quarter 20 to five or something, and just yeah. Then you're now it's been back and forth, but you're in good shape still. What was here, the price on that? Like five to one ish? Yeah, uh, no, only I only I only got it at uh, I only got 321. That was the best number I found. Oh wow! So, all right, I was off. Um. Well, I'm I'm well known as Justin will tell you for getting a terrible price. So even though I have, <laughs> even though literally my company's entire thing is getting the best price, and I know the best one, and then I'm always like overthinking it and being like, I think it's gonna go this way. Nope, nope, that's not what happened. <laughs> um, so I did want to ask you then um, on live betting, like what is the thing that what are the things that you pay attention to when you're looking to live bet? Mm. So oh man, I, I tell a lot of people they'd have fun looking at. Uh, I have so one of my. Excel sheets I have is I have kind of after, I don't know, say eight to 10 games into the regular season, I'll have every team's rotation kind of just boxed off where you kind of have the tendencies of, of what the coaches are going to do rotationally outside of an injury or foul trouble. And certain, I kind of have these boxes and color coded names and, and numbers that like overlap and depending on matchup and depending on bench units or who's going on the court off the court, I'm generally looking, it's not as simple as this, but this was a thing like six, seven years ago, you could just blindly print money betting against the Warriors every time Steph Curry went to the bench and then betting on them as soon as he would come back. Like, yeah, you know, his net rating was like 17 or 18. That same year, the Clippers, Chris Paul was very similar. I think he was like a plus 16 or 17. You could just, it was that, it was that straightforward and it wasn't even money line. Like you could just set up these huge, massive middles that were hitting pretty regularly. Um, and I believe that same season, the next best guys were like Harden and, and LeBron who were like plus six, plus seven. So those are just two huge factor guys. Now you can take that a lot further, a bunch of steps further. And there are bench guys that have pretty big impacts. Like, like the magic as well. Like Jonathan Isaac is like one of the more underrated no O all D guys. And like they had that run of 15 straight overs because Isaac really hasn't been playing in their games. They got DJ Augustine back. Um, now they finally went under yesterday against Toronto, but they, that's just like another guy where people aren't really looking at Jonathan Isaac when he's going on and off the court, but they're, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is another one of the T-Wolves. He's all offense, no defense, right? Trey Young. And there's some opportunities to be had um, depending on matchups where, late first quarters or mid second quarters I'm playing on or off or what, whoever may be uh, overs, unders or sides. So it's, it's a lot of work. I generally um, 
just to be honest, I generally either take an entire day while I'm doing it full swing. My wife and kids are doing their own thing and she's just taking care of them. Uh, or I just take the day off and don't bother looking other than, you know, just box right. score checking occasionally just because I have to be pretty uh, focused and yeah. into it and into maybe four or five games going on at once on like a Wednesday or Friday or something. So uh, it's fun, but it's also a, a little hectic. I, I recommend for people that want to try live betting, maybe just try doing it after quarters or at halftime to start rather than trying to get into the rotational stuff. But uh, it's, it's pretty in-depth. So, yeah, it's something I'm definitely following regularly. Off the top of your head, this is an impromptu question. Uh, what's the longest shot you've ever bet? Uh, that I've won or just that either? That, you, that you've won. What's the longest that, shot? Uh, Dak won? Prescott, 500 to one to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Nice. Yeah, that was that – was, I got a little credit on Twitter for that one because I posted it. And then the next preseason game, Romo broke his back again. And Dak was like four to one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's the one. That's the big, the big winner for me. So I am forever indebted to – the Mavericks, excuse me, not the Mavericks, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Do games still tilt you? Yes, definitely. I, I, I don't know if that's just like personality thing or what. Uh, poker still, like we got to play a ton of poker over quarantine. Like I get tilted when things don't go the way they should. Uh, so that I'm definitely, I'm always texting people or like venting if something, I'm trying to think of a, a recent one. I think I bet the Bucks second half in the game against Houston. And they were up eight with, you know, like two minutes left or 140 left. And, you know, I was holding like Bucks plus three. And they lost by four because of the foul off the ball on the inbound. They got a, a one one free throw before. Anyways, uh, there's stuff like that that always happens. I'm always bugged by it. So yeah, it definitely gets to me still. It, it's good to hear that they, even somebody as experienced as you still still gets. I'm just not people. a robot. I know guys that don't even watch or follow the games that are just strictly betting numbers with the models. They yeah. just and that's it. And they don't even know. They just look at the balances after. And I I have like a respect for those people, but I also just I think like basketball too much not to be following it. And just as a fan, anyways, it's what I played the most growing up, and it's just part of me now. Great stuff. That's Preston Johnson from ESPN's Daily Wager. You can follow him on Twitter at Sports Cheetah. Also, if you're a Lakers fan, check him out because you can be sure that he'll be lamenting their shooting woes as after we recorded, they had another dismal performance versus the Houston Rockets in shooting. We'll be back next week with another NBA episode. Make sure to check out All Week. NFL is coming. That's going to be happening very soon. MLB is back. We've got shows on that. Golf continues. Sports are back. Sports are happening. Sports betting is happening. It's a great time to get in with us at the Action Network. Go to actionnetwork.com. Download our app. And follow us on Twitter at Action Network HQ. We'll see you guys again next week on another edition of the Action Network Podcast. We're finished talking.